Hi, I'm Marcus Astuli and welcome to Cinemates, a podcast where a bunch of mates chat about cinema over some drinks. In this episode, I'm joined by Cinemates team member Angus Newell, along with his brother Tom and Joe Walsh. Together with Angus, Tom and Joe, we discuss one of the greatest crime thrillers of all time, David Fincher's Seven, starring Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman, Kevin Spacey and Gwyneth Paltrow. While drinking some Brewdog Shandy Shacks and Passion Fruit Blitzes, we chat about Seven's influence on other crime films, the worst deadly sin of them all, and the film's iconic twist ending. As always, make sure you're following Cinemates wherever you get your podcasts and leave a five-star review to support us. Now sit back and enjoy this episode of Cinemates. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. You want answers! I want the truth! Open the pod bay doors now. You shall not Keep your friends close, but your enemies close. I am nothing! No! Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Get busy, Larry. You get busy, time. Lads, how are you? Welcome. Good. Good, Michael. Thanks for having me back on. Yeah, yeah good, good to be back. Good to have you back on, Tom and Joe. It's good riddance to on. you for a bit, mate. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's been a long yeah. time. We had backlash from our fans. <laughs> <laughs> They've been calling your name. Uh, let's get in. Big episode, this one. Before we do, uh, shout out to Brewdog, our amazing sponsors, Carbon Negative Craft Beer Brewer. And today we're drinking their Shandy Shack Lemon Shandy and their Passion Fruit Blitz Session Sour. Tom and Joe, first time trying Brewdog. What do you think of your respective drinks? A little sip. Yeah, pretty good. Not gonna lie, that's actually really good. <laughs> he likes that's, it. That is good. Yeah, mm. I'm not a really sour guy, but that is actually pretty good. Yeah, Joe's, yeah. Got, Joe's got the sour, and Tom's got the shandy shake. Got the we've got the lemon shandy shake. It's a bit of like a. It's a lemonade yeah, lager, 50-50. Yeah, it's actually quite refreshing. It's it's like a solo with like alcohol. Mm. It's pretty good. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it almost tastes light. like a seltzer, but it's a beer. Which yeah. is impressive. Pretty good. Got some nice authentic reactions here. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm the same. I don't really like sours. Mm. And that it one also that, grows on you too. Like does 20 minutes out. into this episode, you'll like if you're still drinking it, you'll it'll be even better. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It just tastes like a fizzy alcoholic juice. So mm. yeah, yeah, good. Nice description. Thumbs up from me. As always, drink responsibly over 18s only, and there's a code in the show notes for free delivery for Australian customers. Now let's get into it. Listeners out there who haven't seen Seven yet, which if they haven't, I don't know, should take a good hard look in the mirror. Uh, one word and five-star rating, guys. Who wants to kick it off? Okay. Um, <laughs> Band-Aids and five stars. Band-Aids? <laughs> yes. Why? Band-Aids on oh, its fingers. True. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I said uh, I gave it a 4.5. I will say 4.5 is technically anyone's five because my – I'm a very harsh critic, and mm. I said rain is my word. <laughs> nice. Mm, yeah. like it. Um, I said twisted mm. as my word. Okay. I think it's a very dark and twisted film, and I mm. kind of just get that vibe from it the whole time. <laughs> um, yep. And then my rating is um, I'm going to say four. <laughs> um, harsh but critic it's, as But well. it's an extremely high four for me. It's yep. probably four and a half, to be honest. Okay. Um, but, yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah, nice. The man uh, of many fours. Yeah, yeah, I do like my fours. Loves so. a four. A high four. He, he is a harsh critic. What'd you give La La Land? Like a two? <laughs> oh, oh no. Fucked. It was four and a half. Oh, <laughs> or four. One of them. Oh, I uh, I went pretty standard on my word. 
I just said goat as in goat thriller, crime mystery film. I think if we go back the podcast, you might have given out a goat before. <laughs> yeah, but it might have been for a different genre. So I understand, but yeah. get a bit more imaginary. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys stole my thunder. So, and then of course I gave, gave it a five because I'm a bit of a five slut. Um, but it's a great film. So let's get in. Uh, where do we even start on this? I don't. We well, can start with Tom's word, actually, just the overall okay. scenery of the movie. You don't yeah. know, you and me were having a conversation going, is it in New York? And I don't mm. think it ever really gets specified. Mm. Some really dingy, it feels like Gotham City, like there's mm. always crime yeah. everywhere. It's yeah. always I, was, I was reading this article and it said that they never actually re- like refer to the city as anything other than this place mm. or like the place we're in or mm. whatever, let's call it this place. Yep. And um, I think that's just like a an element to sort of, describe this city as like this oppressive like um dystopian world in which like um they talk about it close to the end of the film where like apathy is like at an all-time high and like everyone's just like everyone sort of just like doesn't care Mm. and like it's crime ridden and it's it's always raining which is my word yeah Yeah, i I was gonna say when you're always raining do you We've we talked about rain in prisoners before, like in one of the early early yeah. apps. There's more rain in seven than there is in prisoners, I reckon. Every time they go outside, I think it's raining. Yeah. It's also literally every time. It's also torrential. Like yeah. they are driving <laughs> their cars. Light drizzle. And, yeah. the, and also, Detective Mills doesn't crazy. own an umbrella. Yeah. He just walks around with coffee. <laughs> well, they're shrugging his shoulders. They're probably so used to it. They're like, ah, oh, fuck! I've lost yeah. so many umbrellas. It's ridiculous. Um, I did hear that they. It wasn't meant to rain, and it was raining when they were filming, and then. Once it stopped raining wherever they filmed it, they had to call like Brad Pitt back in and like use artificial rain to keep up the rain because they thought it was like a good they had choice. Shot, maybe shot like a dry scene with him already and they were like, yeah. well, this doesn't line up at all. Mm-hmm. Although is the um, sort of final sequence the only time it's not raining? They're out in, in the sun. Because they're, they're out, out of the city. So yeah. now it's yeah. like a sunny, That's true. dry desert place. Yeah. Because um, then it can't really be New York though because you're not going to drive, you know, an hour out of New York. There's, not gonna be, there's a desert there. Don't know, mate. I know. Don't know where it is. Gwyneth Paltrow's character refers to them being previously in like upstate. Mm. So I don't know if that has any indication of like um, a major city and then upstate like New York or something. Mm. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It's definitely loosely based off New York, but they yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially with cabs and everything. Like, yeah. 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 Well, the writer, um, Andrew Kevin Walker, he wrote about his experiences moving from like a suburban setting to New York. Um, and there was like a, all a lot of crime and drug addiction in like the 80s in New York and that's mm. what spurred him on to talk about this film. And it, you almost sort of hear that like perspective in uh, Morgan Freeman's character. He's, He's like so today. sick of it and he yeah. wants mm. to get out. Yeah. It's sort of very Taxi Driver-esque with his, um, mm. his like speaking over the movie monologues yeah. going like need to get out of this disgusting place like it's time for me to leave mm. taxi driver he just robert de niro is like a bunch of sickos sick fucks everywhere <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. not even it's not even just like the weather that the, and like the outside of the city mm. that's that's um that's like disgusting and rainy and stuff it's like when they're going in and investigating in these apartment buildings like they're yeah. always empty they're dark there's no lighting there's like there's just like meth addicts Rotting everywhere wood. Mm. so neglected it's like it's like even even the apartments they live in like morgan freeman's is like this little one bedroom place and he's like he like goes to sleep with a metronome on because he's got yeah. so much head noise and then like <laughs> brad pitt's character's place like they live literally right above the subway and their yeah. house shakes does anyone have a take on that metronome that he uses to sleep i was gonna ask is it symbolic like, of something yeah I, was, I wasn't sure i, I don't it's know just it's just he's, he's been like a 
homicide detective for like his whole life. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, so so he can listen to something without listening to his own thoughts while he's going to yeah, sleep. Probably. But then like in, in the like With one so scene, he throws things. it away and breaks it. So I don't know. It's like maybe it wasn't that meaningful to him that he. Didn't Maybe really he's gone through a few metronomes and he's yeah. broken. He's got like a cab. He's like, oh, cab <laughs> number one. Bring him in, boys. <laughs> Trucks like backing up with all these metronomes. Oh, this is my yeah. monthly quota here. He also throws a knife at a dartboard. Like that oh. dartboard is probably taking an absolute beat. Fun fact on that, actually. Morgan Freeman actually threw that with no props or anything. Just like really? threw the knife and it went in like the first time. And everyone was like, whoa. And so he did like a couple of times and he actually like got it in. Because oh, originally going to use Jack props. And he just was like... Got it. Yeah, that's, dope. that's pretty yeah. good. Morgan Freeman's legend. <laughs> David Fincher likes a few takes, so to get it early, it's probably a good thing. Um, I think worth talking about, Tom, you touched about the like darkness of it. Um, you said it was a very twisted film, Joe. I think that the like the look of it um, mm. has been very influential to other films. You think of like the recent Batman, obviously mm. was very inspired by the look of Seven. Um, and what they did was the David Fincher and the cinematographer – whose name is Darius Konji. I'll just list out a few movies that this guy's done and he's about to do. Uncut Gems, he recently got nominated for uh, the Birdman director's recent film Bardo. It was like Academy Award nominated last year, but haven't seen it myself. Mickey 17, Bong Joon-ho's new film as well. Oh, that's with Robert Madison. So he's a bit of a beast. Anyway, him and David Fincher... Uh, they used like this like bleaching p- chemical process on the film, like the actual film to make um, basically like silver colors that would normally be removed from the film create this sort of like dark effect that made it more like deeper and darker colors. That's why like in the apartments and like the streets, it's always so like just dark in general, but you don't really see that in other films, I think. Mm. Um, it just looks scat the whole time. Really. It does, yeah. <laughs> Great <laughs> word for it. scatness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember seeing it for the first time and my brothers were like um, about to watch this movie Seven and I'm like, I come in, I'm probably like 12 years old. I'm like, oh, what's Seven? And then they're like, well, it's got Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman and it was directed by the same guy who did Fight Club. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay, count me in. And then I started watching old. it. Yeah, maybe don't watch it when <laughs> yeah, you're 12. And I was just like, holy shit. And then obviously saw what happens in the movie. I'm going to fact check you there. Fight Club was released after Seven. so Yeah, yeah but oh. I was 12 years old. So both would have come out. Oh, yeah. Turns out Mike's 40 years old. <laughs> yeah. Brewdog just anti-aging. Right here in a can. Uh, what should we talk about next? Should we talk about the dynamic between Mills and Somerset at the start? Mm. Um, something like Mills is coming in five years, like thinks he's a hot shot, which he is pretty decent, but Somerset knows that, you know, he's got nothing on him and they, yep. he, they really don't get along to start with. Um, Somerset wants to get him off the job or get off, get off the job himself. He asked to get let off the job. He's got retirement coming up. The the the, the director, the cop director, or whatever, like lets him off, and then Mills goes, oh, "I'll take it. I'll head it up." And then Somerset goes, "No, no, don't let him have it either. Like he's not ready." So like they're fully just clashing heads already. Yeah, I feel like Mills is is like portrayed as a bit of a child, like in the mm. movie as well. Like he gets 
he does get memed by the riders a little bit. Like he wears these massive oversized suits. Mm, they're all like, crinkled. At the start of the movie when he's like I feel like that's, not, that's 90s though. Like, mm. Yeah, I guess. Mm. But he's um he's getting ready for work and he's got this coat ho- coat hanger full of ties that have already been tied. <laughs> yeah. And he just like pulls them off and puts them on. <laughs> yeah, he's just like very disheveled. He wakes up yeah. and like rolls out of bed and has like a sip of coffee that's already in the cup like immediately. That's like, his first thing he does. He's yeah. like, Mm. He's yeah. a genuine child. He gives he gives Somerset a glass of wine in a cup, and they're, when they're <laughs> sitting around his house drinking, like it's just, yeah. To be fair, they're still like moving in, but I do agree. He's like very like unorganized, and like he's reading uh, Dante's Inferno later, and he's like a oh, fucking Dante, like <laughs> just in his car, all like wet and mm. shit. Like he just yeah, he's he's very. He's obviously passionate about his job and he's like moved to this new place, wants to solve all these crimes. I mean, mm. this detective hero. But he's but been unorganized and disheveled. Yeah, mm. exactly. And we see the, um, I guess, downfall of those qualities for him later. Yeah. yeah. When he becomes he gets, strung, he gets strung along by, by the yeah. whole story. Mm. And you can kind of tell from the way like Brad Pitt acts it and also like his character. Like he's just a very manip- easily manipulative character. Mm. Like towards the end, eventually, like we'll get into it. He gets easily manipulated by Kevin Spacey's character. Yeah, he's emotional, yeah. and he's very yeah, very emotional. Um, very makes very rash decisions. Mm. Um, whereas like someone says, very cool, calm, sort of collected, yeah. uh, quite mm. conservative. On yeah. that, I read an article which I'm going to touch on a lot throughout this episode. And at the end, there's a really dope theory, but um, how Somerset and John Doe, um, the protagonist and antagonist, are very very similar. Somerset is calculated in the way he does things. You know, he goes to the library, finds all the books, like, slowly mm. and methodically, very well thought out. Like, that is something that John Doe, the serial killer, would have also done. Like, he's thinking like the serial killer, so they're, those two sort of go hand in hand, and Mills is sort of just, like, the spanner in the works, like, mm. to sort of fuck things up or mm. bring yeah. a bit of energy. Because you notice, like, whenever they solve any part of the case, it's always Somerset who, mm. like, finds, like, a clue or something. It's yeah. never Mills. Like, he's always in the back and like, oh, yeah, like, Nice one. He's just along for the ride. Yeah, just along for the ride. So I don't know. I was thinking maybe Mills is kind of getting so pissed off that he's not really maybe contributing to this case that mm. he's like trying to so aggressively to <clears throat> to find ways to to like solve the case or whatever, which leads him mm. to be like sort of go down this path of being easily manipulated. I don't know. Yeah, I think um, I read which was interesting as well. Like when the movie was getting developed, which I'll talk more about later. The uh, writer got rejected a lot for a lot of the like very dark parts of the movie. Um, one of which was obviously the ending, which we'll also talk about. But when Brad Pitt signed onto the movie, um, it was originally with another director who didn't want uh, Mills to actually kill John Doe at the end. And he wanted him to just like, you know, not obviously just cower to the ground. And just, yeah. yeah. Um, but Brad Pitt wanted that to be kept in and to be like a very rash decision and just like obviously, you know, let his emotions and passion like mm. come to the end. So I, I think, think that's the right decision because that's what you would have thought that character would do done. after watching yeah. him the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. 100%. I, do I think, think he said that, I think he said they tried to change the script and make Somerset shoot John Doe at the end, but Brad insisted that he had to be the one to shoot him because if that happened to anyone else mm. in his position – there would be no second thought about, yeah, yeah, shooting oh, yeah. the man who's done That's that. interesting. Yeah. yeah, I think the like the way that their relationship also develops when they have that like dinner, that first mm. sort of dinner where, um, what's her name Tracy invites Somerset over, and they're just sort of chatting, but mm. um, they end up like laughing about the how the apartment's all fucked and yeah, 
Um, He's got a whole room for the dogs with newspaper all on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He loves just, his dogs. He just he runs in there and plays with them. He goes on the ground. <laughs> Evidently, he's a kid again. Like, yeah. I yeah. forgot because she, she he comes home and he's like, oh, like, where are the kids? And and she's like, oh, they're in the in the room. And when I f- watched it recently. Oh, I was yeah. Like, they I don't even like, have kids. They have dogs. Dogs? They have dogs. It's probably a good thing as well. He probably just like went out and bought like three fucking massive Labradors, even though yeah. they live in an apartment. He's like, just yeah, like, fuck it. Yeah. Look what I bought. And then she's like, oh, fuck, not yeah. again. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a good way to like also build some stakes in it because yeah, like definitely. we can obviously follow Somerset and Mills, but without having like Tracy there and like having that sort of extra. You don't see the personal side of things. If you're just seeing them go to their jobs every day with yeah. no mm. like other form of their life, then you don't really create mm. a connection to them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think absolutely. that scene as well, you can, you can see Somerset and Mills after that dinner and after they sort of spend a night together looking at some of the case files, mm. they become more of a team after that. Whereas before they were like butting heads, mm. they weren't agreeing. Yeah. Somerset was trying to take the case and offload it from Mills and get Mills to work on something easier in his first week. Like mm. after that scene, they definitely became more of like a like a, a duo. Mm. Yeah. Apparently um, Denzel Washington was chosen to play Brad Pitt's character first. But oh, he like really? turned it down because he thought it was too dark of a film. But <laughs> I think a fair <laughs> yeah pretty fair but I think Brad Pitt like suited that role pretty perfectly mm. and Morgan Freeman as well mm. I thought they were excellent Denzel yeah. was meant to play Brad Pitt's role or Morgan yeah, Freeman's no, role Pitt, I mean, a pretty good combo though Al Pacino was supposed to play um, Somerset. Somerset. Somerset no yeah. way wow yeah they were asked first yeah. that would have been an interesting pairing <laughs> yeah I think that still would have proved him to be a really good movie it would have been well. good but I feel like a young Brad Pitt is he kind of Really suits that mm. sort of mm. naive, rash sort of character. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, Let's get into a couple of the sins, eh? Yeah, I was going to mm. say because, like, c- can we maybe talk about everyone's first reaction to the murders? As oh. in when you first saw Seven and you see the gluttony murder. Hard to watch. You didn't, you gluttony didn't, murder was a bit like, a bit like, okay, here we go, like <laughs> serial killer movie. Like, it was, it was, it was bad, but like, yeah. it wasn't like it wasn't like some of the other ones, a and not like other psychological thriller, murder mm. mystery movies where it like might be like super gory or whatever. Yeah, true. Like, well, the the like how his veins came out of his skin though was kind of gross. Yeah, like yeah. how they were all like blue, like everywhere because he ate that metal. Yeah, that when he lifts of- his head up and his eyes are like kind of like blue or like petrified almost, mm. and his face is like all distorted, and you're like, ooh. Yeah, I think you get yeah. more, more like, you get more clarity on what sort of happened in the situation when he's actually in the morgue and yeah. mm. the the um, coroner is is uh, like explaining what happened to him, how he like yeah. was forced to eat and his stomach literally burst from eating too much. And he, yeah, I think um, as well when Somerset sort of like realizes that there were like two receipts for the groceries, for example, so he did it went and got more food and then came back. Yeah. And like you realize how long this murderer who we don't know yet was there for and you kind of it makes it even worse. Mm. I remember just sort of being like, oh shit, like this is so we're strapped in here. Like number one was gluttony. Yep. Yeah. That that one is pretty gruesome when you think about it, but mm. not like shocking. Mm. And then the greed one was the Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was really cool because like it was banker. Yeah. Because they wrote the greed in blood, like with his mm. blood. And like when you see that, you're like, oh wow, like this is intense now. 
Mm. But I don't think that one was too. You didn't really see that. You didn't see that one happen. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like necessarily bad, but it's like the fact that they wrote the greed in the blood, yeah. like seeing it for the first time, and then you kind of connect the dots, like greed and gluttony, mm. and then he brings up, oh, this is two of the seven deadly sins. I didn't understand the um the pound of flesh bit for the greed one, mm. like the pound of flesh, no more, no less. I, I think it was why. to kind of say like um he's been like lying and like making money off telling lies for murderers and stuff to win but it's like it's it hasn't been like just like there hasn't been justice in that situation so he had to like even the scales by giving like a pound of flesh i don't know it's in the gentleman right matthew mcconaughey asks for a pound of flesh in return like Mm. it must just be like a symbolic like thing from a book or like Mm. like the guy was basically following all these books and like Mm. parables and all this stuff Mm. yeah Maybe it is in like. What was the third like one? Because I know sloth, Mike, you watched um, it. You watched sloth. it last night. Yeah. You watched it yesterday. Yeah. I didn't have time to watch it, unfortunately. The it's, sloth one was fucked. Yeah, I'm yeah, so like, fucked. Is that, that the, was, was, was like, that the acid one? Yeah. That was the yeah. acid one, and that oh, scene yeah, that's is, the yeah. that's the worst one. Yeah. yeah, that scene is ridiculous. So he was like fed. He was kept he was like alive for like ages, and like he was. Oh, sorry. Acid is in like LSD. Are you yeah. saying like yeah, yeah? He was fed acid yeah. and he kept alive just by like he was just fed fed this like, amount of nutrients just, for a while. Yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah. and they for, he for like kept year. him alive for a whole year, lying mm. in this bed. And they like the detectives like break and enter into this house, find him lying mm. there. Oh, and he's like, ah, oh, fuck, he's already been dead. Like, there's all these car fresheners around on the ceiling mm. to like keep the room fresh so no one could smell it. Yeah, mm. and then. But he was alive, right? And then he fucking wakes up yeah. well, the and all the cops goes, freak out. He's like a skeleton, yeah. basically. He's yeah. literally like a skeleton. Oh, so the police That's officer goes to him one. like, you, you deserve this or something like that because he was like a rapist and a drug dealer mm. or something like that. Yeah, it was yeah. just like, it was like, just like was, dabbled in a bit of like, yeah, yeah. yeah. robbery, crime, rape. Yeah, and then, he, and then you see him like, like gasp or something and everyone like freaks out. Mm. I think the, that got um, me on my first watch. Yeah, that got my heart going. Scared the shit out of me. When I was rewatching, I was like, oh, I'm... I'm going to go like make some food while this is happening. <laughs> yeah. um, but what I love about this is that, yeah, the, fir- the first one was obviously kind of sick, but it it was sick once we heard the extra detail to what had happened to the guy. The grade one was not that bad in the scheme of things, but then this one was like, oh, we got him. Like we got the murderer and they have this huge like sort of sequence. We follow the SWAT team like going through the apartment and the music's just like building so all this tension was there and then you're like, oh shit, he's just like asleep in bed. The covers are over his head. Yeah, we got him. Oh. And then for him to then like wake up was just like, oh fuck. Like, and then the doctor is like reading it like how, you know, he would literally have a seizure and die if he had like light in his eyes and he yeah. cut out his, or he bit his tongue or whatever. Yeah. But uh, one thing was that the actors were told that the sloth victim was a person in costume, but it was actually like a... Machine that they made or something? No, um, I thought it was a real actor. I thought was it? I think so. Okay. Or well, either way, apparently the uh, John McGlinley, who was like the main SWAT guy, mm. um, like didn't know that he was gonna move. like move, and then his like reaction was real. Genuine. When oh, he really? like started coughing. Um, sick. Yeah, it's a it's a sickening scene. Yeah, mm. I love that when directors <clears throat> and stuff they don't tell the actors like what's gonna like they give them the wrong part of the script or something. Mm. Um, so you like get that authentic reaction from the from the actors, which is good. Like yeah. Mm. And what's interesting is after this, uh, Mills lashes out at the supposed like press camera guy and it's John Doe 
in yeah, a was wig. That him? Yeah, it so is if you rewatch it. Yeah. And it's like Kevin Space. He's like, hey, I got rights, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you don't, you obviously don't know when you first watch it. Um, What's the next one? Next one. Yeah, what was the next one? Uh, uh, lust. The, the Lust, man. Uh, this yeah. is my… Oh, yeah. I hate this one. The interesting thing about The Lust one is is you never actually see what happened. Mm. All you see is um, the, them catching the guy who was forced to do it and then um, have to basically explain himself in the in the like interrogation room mm. in the police station. But… Yeah. It's so vivid how it's acted and explained and written in that oh. scene that you don't even like need to see yeah, what happens. No, and it's, you just see the photo. It's of the, you see I the feel photo. Like that's of the maybe one of the things that was too lost. dark. That was yeah. one of the things that was too dark it's to put on the screen. <laughs> like genuinely, I don't think you can put that in a movie. Like that's no. so fucked. Um, the actor who played the like lust victim killer who was forced, he um deprived himself of sleep for like the days leading up to it so that he was in this like deranged mindset and then his scene got postponed so he stayed awake another night (laughs) and then when he finally like had his scene on the day he like um started like hyperventilating before the cameras went on to make him all like puffed and out of breath and he's just kind of like saying all this stuff and it's like building up and then he obviously says what he says and it's just like, oh shit. That's dangerous, man. That's like, I yeah. can't believe they go to that length for such a small exactly. role as well. Yeah. Like, well, it is, as Tom said, it is so like um, memorable um, mm. the way that he performed it. And yeah. Somerset is almost just like pretty chill about it. His like mind must just yeah. be so yeah, like numb. Yeah, he's, he's numb just had so stuff, much experience sure. with like, yeah. yeah, he's just numb to it. Also, the cops, when they're going down to the like club or whatever it is, they're all like pretty chill. You're like, hey, you guys, detectives, get in here. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> this room is just fucked. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It's, They've it's all seen weird. it before, though. They're yeah. That's, probably, as, as we said, the, they're in probably, that fucked city. Yeah. Like, probably yeah, as exactly. the fact that the city's just like rogue, which is like, and everyone's just used to it. There's probably mm. 20 other pairs of detectives, just like Mills and Somerset, just mm. doing other like similar jobs sort of like there. serial killers as well. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Number five Pride. Pride. I think it was. This one was kind of like a bit more interesting to Mm. me, like where you've like you've actually John Doe's actually given this woman the choice, yeah, because he knew, like I get well explaining it. She was a she was like a model. She was very attractive, and what he's done is he's like um, got to her, chopped her nose off, um, and given her the choice: you can live, you can live like disfigured. Like this, or you can basically eat this jar of pills and mm. and save yourself the embarrassment. And she yeah. obviously, because she's pride. her deadly sin is pride. She's killed herself. But one it's thing insane. though, like when they find her though, <laughs> they've her the like the the drugs she has in one hand are like glued to her hand, mm. and then she has a phone in the other hand that is glued to her other hand. Like, why would they be glued to her if she like because she did has it to make the choice? But it's so all right. So she would have just like. Chugged like a full bottle, mm, like yeah, aspirin that was like open, yeah. right? And then she just, yeah, okay, or she yeah. could have or called made the call, yeah, to yeah, just right. get like, a, yeah, cutting even off the like, nose, yeah, even though that was like kind of like not as bad, still the cutting off, describing the cutting off the nose, and then as they're saying that, like pulling off this bandage, you don't actually see it, mm. you get to like sort of get an image in your mind of like what it would look like, mm, and yeah. it's still like, oh, just Voldemort, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I think as well, the way this scene plays out, it's like a it looks like some sort of mansion. Everything's like white and you, the blood's just like staining everything. Mm. 
and the camera like goes into the bedroom and you're like, oh shit, like what happened here? And you obviously hear, but um, this scene sort of made me realize like how dis- obviously distinct each murder is, but how um, each murder scene like looks yeah. is very different. Lots of different set pieces, which is yeah. cool. Yeah, and really made me appreciate, yeah, the, like, production and, like, set design, I guess. When but, you said just then, like, going into the room going, oh, shit, like, you're at the fifth sin here. Like, <laughs> you've been sitting through this David Fincher crap, like, with all this. <laughs> yeah. Like, you've Please, just, stop. like, yeah, you've just, like, number three, how, like, gnarly that it's one was. It's also five days so in when a you row. Know, like, and you yeah. know that there's, like, if you're at number three, you know there's four more sins to come. You're like, oh, my God, <laughs> I can't deal yeah. with this anymore. Stop That's it. it. Yeah. Um, at what point in all those... First five, well, they're not all murders. What do you call them? Happenings, homicides. Well, they're not. Why not? <laughs> they're all homicide. They all le- lead to death. <clears throat> no, the acid guy's alive. Surely he, he dies. Surely he eventually. Okay, died. whatever. All the five murders. Mm. At what point does it does the uh, the chase scene happen? Is that after? I think the- it's they. Yeah, they after the fifth, they then do the library book matching through the like secret FBI thing. Yeah, they match John Doe. Yeah, and then they go to his apartment. They see him with the groceries, and he just like looks down, and then just starts shooting at them. Yeah. What about the um, the like paparazzi guy going to someone's house? Uh, we already talked about that. That was John Doe in a wig. <laughs> oh, that was that, and he got up like he got up to the crime scene. Hey, yeah, yeah, and yeah. they like chase after him. Yeah. Yeah. On that, like when they found out where John Doe lived and stuff, do you think that was like calculated or planned at all by? John Doe or was like just a fuck up by him? Because uh, it seems like he planned out everything so carefully and the scenes leading from this, it's still planned out like to perfection. Mm. I think he I think he had everything. I think everything went fine for him. Yeah. Mm, I don't yeah. know. I, I, don't ca- know if, I, I, I don't believe that that chase scene was planned by I him. I don't – well, he says – He, he, says, he gets on the quick. phone after and he's like, <laughs> yeah. and he's like, you nearly got me but like uh, – you, yeah, like, you delayed my acting, bro. I don't know Man, if he was if you can have that, a guy like, in a bed on acid – Keeping him alive for a year and then line that up for day three of mm. a seven day like like killing spree. I think you've, you're pretty well sorted. Yeah, it's very in your plan. very precise I think, and methodical. I don't think he knew that he was going to get done on the library books because he still got away and then comes back to the police station and hands himself in. Maybe he had like this one plan that would have gone this way, and then you know if something bad happens at some point, then it spurts off mm. three different like potential things mm. that he can do. Also, I guess after this, after the fifth murder, he doesn't really need anything in his apartment. He's sort of set and ready to go. Yeah, yeah he's got the, the six, seven to come is like the finale. Yeah. yeah. Have, you seen, a- the, have you seen the the pile of his um, journal books in his room that like yeah. Somerset ends up reading and stuff? Yeah. Do you know that those were all handwritten by the prop designers? Yeah. No way. There was something like a hundred books there and no they were all yeah. handwritten like like literally full. It I think cost them like something like fifteen thousand dollars yeah. to do of props. I read the same thing. and time and wages or whatever. What was in the books? Like actual- it was just genuine noise. <laughs> like <laughs> I, like noise. I reckon the prop designers had to go into like therapy afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, what about um? Was it their own noise or what about like when you're an exam or something for <laughs> uni or school or whatever and and you're on like your fourth page of like an essay and your your hands like. Yeah. <laughs> like, imagine the prop designers like, yeah. like, like, we're doing this tomorrow. <laughs> Come on. Um, that, but what was interesting was that exact same like apartment was obviously the inspiration for the Riddler's apartment in the Batman. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, because he had journals as well. Yeah, obviously, like, yeah, been planning this thing for ages. 
So it was that a nice room, little homage. Oh, that room is so like dark and twisted. Like, mm. You can kind of see like he's got like this red cross above his bed and like mm. all these like – I think they open a drawer and there's like loads of empty aspirin cartridges and things like that. Um, but like you just look at it and you say, okay, this guy is proper messed That's up. That's so scat. Yeah. How see, do you I get like that, man? See, yeah. I don't think so. I think that he has – I don't think his room is actually like that because you see at the end when he's sitting in the taxi, he's very calm, he's very collected, he's methodical. He do, He's not portrayed as this psychopathic, like mm. criminal, insane person. But he is, that's insane. That's a psycho, like a sociopath is someone that doesn't have any um, empathy, empathy to yeah. or emotion. I find it hard to believe that. No that human emotion. Stage that, his house. Yeah, I know what you're trying to say though. He's not like he's not like a psycho. He doesn't have like delusions he's like, where he's, yeah, like, he's, no, like, he's not like a rampage. Like, he's not like yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer, like actual like cannibal rapist psychopath. No. Like he's yeah. He's he's not he says it's for like a purpose and to be like Yeah, he said he's 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 like doing it power. from like the biblical higher powers mm. and yeah. Yeah, I, I thought what was interesting with his apartment as well, there wasn't like, you know, like hands in like glass jars and stuff. It, w- it was like there's no like evidence even in the apartment. Obviously mm. there's like photos of Mills and like um, the pasta sauce and stuff. But like – There's none of his fingerprints either. Yeah. <laughs> Your Band-Aid guy. <laughs> I like watching the – Is it like, Band-Aids though or is he yeah, just cut off at his the start of the fingerprints? Mo- so at the start of the movie, you know how there's all that like like sk- yeah, the title ske- sketchy shit mm. like coming up. It's showing you like he's got like a little razor blade. He's cutting off all like the ends of his oh, fingers. Really? Um, he's cutting off his nails. Like he's like doing some weird lining thing, like taking all the DNA out of himself. Mm. And then when he comes in and um, to the police station and goes like detective, like mm. you see he goes like that and there's all these band-aids oh, on, right. on top of his okay. yeah. And the detective says like he's been doing it for years. So he's like been constantly like – Because, yeah, your skin, skin will just grow, grow back. back. Yeah. So he's like constantly doing it. I'm like, good morning, like brush your teeth. Yep, got to cut my <laughs> <laughs> Peel my fingerprints back off. <laughs> Fuck, that's so fucked. I think we might as well talk about it. The first time that I saw this and, you know, you see this guy getting out of a taxi, you kind of see a few bloodstains when you rewatch it, but um, they're just like back to the police station. You're like, okay, there's two more murders. Like what's going to happen here? The guy got away. Um, Mills is obviously injured with his hand and like face and stuff. And then when you hear the like detective, you're like, oh fuck, like <laughs> who is that? He comes in, he's like, he's like, he's like detective. Yeah. And no one's listening Detective. To <laughs> they're not listening. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good scene. Yeah. And like you obviously nice. don't know that. There's like Kevin's 50 cops on this. the cop floor and they're like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> Get on the fucking ground. Yeah, no one really ne- like knows what to do straight up. And then it's just like Mills who just like pulls his gun out. He's like, Get on the fucking ground. <laughs> and then we oh. proceed to the ending, man. Yeah. And nuts. One of the best endings, I will say. I'll, I'll yeah. put it out there. Easily. Yeah. I feel yeah, like every everything I've come on for this podcast, I've been like best ending ever. But I think this is gonna... considered the greatest twist. One of the greatest twists of all time. Yeah. Well, think about when you watch it for the first time and it's, it is a genuine like shock because you don't really see it coming. But I guess like when I rewatched it back, you <laughs> kind of can see the moments leading up to it. Like when, um, I can't remember her character's name, but Gwyneth called Taylor. Tracy. 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 When she's like talking with um, Somerset about her kid and all this stuff, we start to see a bit more about her side of the story. Mm. So it plays a bit more of like her role. And Wait, then, does she have a kid? You don't know that. What, like with another she person? She says she's pregnant, no, 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 pregnant. to Somerset. She's, oh, she's yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So then she's pregnant with the kid and doesn't know what to do with it. But then we kind of start to see more about her. She's talking with Somerset. And then there's a few more scenes with her involved. And like just before that, that day, um, Brad Pitt goes to bed with her and is like saying how, how much he loves her. And mm. like, she's like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. And then like the next day, obviously like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's dead. Genuine. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that whole taxi sequence leading up to like driving and, and getting out to the middle of the field is you see, you still see the big contrast between Mills and Somerset. You've got. You've got Mills who's like clearly rattled by by um John Doe sitting in the back and talking about his motives and like mm. and like why he's doing it. He's like him yelling, off. he's, he's off. pissed off. And someone's just sitting there just be like and he's and he's very he's listening, he's very chill and he's just like he's like, So well we're here now, like you're arrested. Tell tell us a little bit about your life. Like mm. he, he genuinely is just like so used to this, like and he's and he's not phased by yeah. anything. Yeah. Um which sort of leads up to the fact of us seeing what Brad Brad Pitt's character ends up becoming. He ends up becoming that seventh deadly sin. But um, yeah, you can still see the contrast between the two characters there. I felt. Mm. So wait, so um, Tracy's sin was envy. She didn't no, have so, a sin. No, no. Tracy she didn't have a sin. What's envy then? John Doe's. John Doe's. John Doe. He was envy of was envious of yeah of Mills and Tracy having a normal. Life, yeah. okay, and he thought that he had sinned because he was envious of that. Yep, I get that. I kind then, of feel like that's just a cop out. He was probably like, "Oh, I need envy." That's like, always the one that, yeah, that's always the one that you're like, "Yeah, well, you're a bit stretching there, mate." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're a sicko. You didn't want it, buddy. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, you anyway. didn't want that. You just wanted to do this. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know. I think I think the only reason why he entered the police station and went out to the field to inevitably be shot. Mm. Was because he needed to be punished for fear, for for having that deadly sin of envy. Yeah, that's true. That's a yeah. good way of saying it. Yeah. So um, then, so then, basically, you can we, we everyone knows what happens in the scene. Yeah. You know what's in the box. You know you, what's in the box. What's in the fucking box? <laughs> Do you reckon that it's actually her head in there? Because Easily. I've heard some theories that it could be something else. I don't. I what would anger him that much that it. Yeah. What what would, he didn't. He doesn't see it. Just what would only Somerset, Somerset says it. No one sees it. Well, what Somerset would Somerset's reaction warrant in the box though? Mm. The baby's placenta. She wasn't, <laughs> man. What? <laughs> no, fucking cancelled, like, man. Just, you're cancelled. You're, you're cancelled, man. Yeah, too much. Um, <laughs> too many brutal. Look what this movie's doing to you, man. Yeah, John Doe. Um, no, nah, she's like just recently pregnant. It has it to be a head. Yeah, I think it's got to be a head. Well, I don't what know, else could it be to warrant that reaction? Well, he well, does, but say he head. reacts. But he goes. But he says. He goes like John Doe has the upper hand. He has the upper hand, which could mean. That Somerset knows what John Joe's trying to do. He's trying to release some anger in Mills by making him think. So it's a bluff. I I I could say that it might be a bluff. You think it's a bluff? Well, I, I'm not going to make a standpoint because I think the ending's obviously up for interpretation. But, but if it could, could be a bluff. It could be. But if John Doe knows he's going to be killed in reaction to whatever's in the box. Surely it's got to be because his his whole huge... seven deadly sin like circle mm. doesn't work if like for some reason Somerset just quickly shows the box there's nothing in there and then Brad doesn't kill him. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it had to have been what I, he said, like yeah. to warrant the reaction, the wrath. Reaction. Yeah, true. Because he didn't pick up the he didn't pick up the box and run over to him. He just sort of left. It yeah, there. he just yeah. left and ran over. But as if Somerset didn't like sort of hint to him like. 
it's your wife. Like, well, because John Doe already told him. Yeah, true. He was saying how he took a souvenir and he tried to play husband. And oh, it didn't work right. out well. Yeah, yeah. That was so um, fucked. Yeah. Could like, Somerset ow, have ow. like done anything to prevent it or was it over? Maybe move those old legs and tackle Brad. Like, <laughs> just do something. Well, yeah. he says, give me the gun. And he's like, what's in the fucking box? And he's not going to give him the gun. He's Brad Pitt from Fight Club. What if Club? he shoots Brad Pitt and just... <laughs> Does kills himself, have a gun at that point? Kills John, kills himself, kills, kills kill everyone. everyone. And then it still works. <laughs> True. Fuck. Can't right, get out so of it. So I can I can give you this um this theory here mm. pretty quick from this article. So um you've got Mills wanting to get out of there as soon as he sees his first and works out that it's definitely gonna be a serial killing type vibe. Mm. He's uh not Mills, sorry, Somerset. You got Somerset trying to get Mills off it. Um, simply meaning that he might know, you know, how it's going to end, like going all the way. Um, then you've also seen Somerset, he gives and takes out bribes, like for his job, like, you yeah. know, going to the library and getting let in for free or whatever and all this crap. But then how did John Doe know where um, Tracy and Mills lived? Because in the movie you only ever see Somerset is the only one that goes to like their apartment. He and says suggesting that Somerset. Nah, I can give you an answer here. He says John Doe says um, it's crazy how much um, the press can be paid for information on police officers about no, the address. Yeah, right. but but Somerset could have given out the information being the police officer. Yeah, but you're just trying to but hate on Somerset. But he says that and looks at Somerset. Also, you've got this okay. with the baby. John Doe remarks like in the desert like and says that he didn't know about the child and looks at Somerset as if the two like shared a secret. I'm just reading the article. Yeah, that's true. And then it's like so could have Somerset sold Mills's address to the press, i.e. John Doe. Mm. But I guess maybe it's a pretty good theory, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't, don't believe it. I don't believe it. I think Somerset's a pretty honorable guy and John Doe could have said like, oh, he didn't know. And it's almost like you didn't know that either. So mm. it has legs, but I think in this case, like. It's a, I think it's a well-talked about theory. Yeah. Um, that will probably never get commented on by anyone who worked on the movie. Mm. Well, Somerset does know that um, Tracy has a kid though because she confesses to him yeah. and asks about his advice. So, yeah, there's no way of John Doe knowing unless obviously that yeah. theory is true. Mm. Yeah. Also, the movie ends on Somerset saying, Ernest Hemingway once wrote, the world is a fine place and worth fighting for. I agree with the second part. So why would he think the world is worth fighting for if the he world is was going to give away? Okay, now you're wigging me out. If he's just going to give away a cop and like the way that John Doe does. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, worth it's fighting like, for I to will... get rid of all these sinners. Yeah, we're gonna be out. Like man. I'm willing, I'm willing to sacrifice this um, wife with her unborn child, and um, you know, screw up my partner's life just to bring this psychopath to justice. Mm-hmm. Another one, another scum off the streets. Yeah, Somerset wow. also says when I don't know what murder, what what the most recent sin was, but that he says to Mills like in a pub. Like John Doe's just a man. Like we think we ex- we think that he might be like the devil, but at the end of the day, he's just a man. So mm. maybe that's a bit of evidence to say like. What does that mean? Like he 
he's at the end of the day, he's just a man. Like, why would Somerset be siding with this man and giving him information? For Not this? siding. It, it, the information was led as like a, a trap to just finally get him. Yeah, I just don't know why would Somerset would try so hard to avoid Brad Pitt from shooting him if he was with John Doe's side. He didn't try that hard. He was just like, well, I mean, he put the gun down. Also, if Somerset knew how meticulous John Doe was, why would he give him the trap? And you know, it's true. Yeah, John Doe is pretty pretty beast. He probably could have found the address anyway. Mm. Yeah, it's great theory. Interesting theory though. That is a great theory. It really makes you think. It does have legs. I think if you. Uh, on John Doe's side, then you might. No one's on John Doe's side. <laughs> you, are. you are. You are. You are. You placenta motherfucker. <laughs> Two good yeah. theories from it though. Like, does he sell him out? And then also, what what is actually in the box? Morgan yeah. Freeman would never sell anyone out. He's my yeah. best man. Yeah, he's too good. <laughs> Your best man. Yeah. I tell you what is interesting. Imagine Morgan though. Freeman making a wedding speech. Just like, <laughs> the soothing voice. Oh, it'd be the best. If he ever did a narration for like first a documentary, Katie when she was sixteen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I tell you what is interesting though. Like when he, the cab driver, no, the posters guy mm. brings the package to that spot. It's funny. Like, how did he know exactly what time? To get there and like, because at this point, John Doe's already arrested. It's been like a day or I don't know how long. And then he knows exactly what time he's going to be like in this desert place, like mm. at this exact location. Didn't like, he just did he give know? it, didn't John Doe just think, like put that in like, I don't know, the address notes um, to the yeah. company that he sent I think it he, with? He says, this guy paid me 500 bucks to come here, out here at exactly oh, yeah. seven o'clock. Yeah. But how did John Doe know that they would get there? Exactly, yeah. Exactly what if there was a well, car he, crash and like the M1 was shut down and they yeah. couldn't make it to the desert? True. Mm. Maybe yeah. then it, maybe then it says, well, that's if, a bit of Maybe problem. then it says, well, if you're early with the box, just wait just there wait for two there, hours because yeah. yeah. they'll be yeah. there. But I was thinking though, like if he said that he got caught earlier by them going to his apartment early, then and, and that like messed up his plan. Like was this was his? He had this like seven o'clock time frame like planned all along, or like that's why I was a bit unsure. Because like if he's been caught now and he has to change his plan a bit, mm. and then it, but it's still like exactly like seven o one. He he arrives like it's mm. still perfectly timed. That's why I'm thinking it was his idea to get caught. Like it was yeah. all kind of part actually, of actually that that works to that argument. Yeah, mm. for sure. Mm. Also, how did John Doe? know that they would even take the deal like that he obviously gave him so many ultimatums for them to follow him and make him do the confession mm. over pleading insanity but even still mm. that was i think if you analyze a movie to no end you're gonna find some iffy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. parts um no it's a great scene and it's an iconic ending and yeah. i think that like it's still so rewatchable. You obviously know what's going to happen, but to be taken on the ride for it is great mm. every time. And I think that that's why for me, it, I think it's one of the best like crime mystery, yeah, like films. detective movies, thriller. Yeah, and I think murder, it. Murder I really mystery. put it into like a horror category almost. Like you it is, I yeah. find it that's like my borderline of yeah, yeah, definitely. definitely borderline. It's also timeless. Like yeah, I watched it again the other night, and and it could have been a movie from, you know. 2022 mm. like yeah uh, the quality of it it's yeah. it's very like high quality like the mm. acting is good it's it's still 
like keeps you on your on the edge of your seat for like a nineties movie, which some of them mm. some yeah. of them can be a bit hold like up. Yeah. boring. Mm. And what's yeah. so good now is like even in like twenty twenty three, like if someone puts a box down on a table or something, and yeah. like someone knows the movie quote, like, what's in the box? What's in the fucking box? <laughs> Brewdog. It always, com- it always comes out. Was yeah. Brewdog in the box? Instinct classic. <laughs> were his <laughs> were his three Brewdogs in the box? <laughs> yeah. Oh, any final takes, or should we end there? Um, just one thing, like the score, I oh, found was just great. like insane. Like I don't know if yeah, it was anyone did the score, Mike? famous. It was Howard yeah. Shaw. Oh, okay. did oh, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. And right. the reason David Fincher Twisted picked him, he also did <laughs> Silence of the Lambs and it's kind yeah. of similar. Mm. That's kind of random. Mm. Lord of the Rings and then Silence of the Lambs in Seven. He's a beast, man. Silence of the Lambs is fucking good, by the way. Mm. Mm. Have you also, seen it, huh? Have you seen it? Yeah. Okay, good. Well, he would have done seven before Lord of the Rings, didn't he? Yes. Um, Also, fun fact, the editor, Richard Francis Bruce, was Australian. And listen to these movies that he's done. Shawshank Redemption, The Rock, Green Mile, Harry Potter 1, Italian Job, Ghost Rider, Oblivion. And then he went and did Fifty Shades 2 and (laughs) (laughs) 3. But, Richard, if you want to come on the podcast, we'd love to have you. Yeah. Um, fuck. Any others? My my final take would be to go back to the place of, like, the city and the place that they're in. Mm. Um, I've watched a video that said that the city is symbolic of hell because all these seven deadly sins are punishable in hell mm. and the city is, like, a construct of hell and these people are getting punished by Satan, who is John Doe. Mm. And, and John Doe is is punishing everyone down. Wow! There. So what yeah. if you do the like if you do these sins in in your like um, real life, and then you die, and if you went to hell, then you get punished for them in hell. Yeah. yeah. So those mm. bib- so, yeah. those biblical passages or whatever yeah. it is say that like for example, like he's glut- doing gluttony, he's bringing hell on earth. Gluttony, like if you're obese and you're like uh, whatever, it's a deadly sin. You go to hell, um, and you're punished by eating rats and toads and stuff like forever. Mm. Yeah. Okay. You can't be redeemed. So it's hell on earth, basically. Yeah. yeah. It is funny how he tries we should to go, like, we should go live there. Like John Doe tries to justify it himself, like mm. why he did it. So, but still, you're still fucked up. Mate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you do kind of like, you're like, oh, that's kind of fair, but you're also you're fucked. Like, <laughs> what do you think his quote at the end means when he says, um, like nobody will be able to comprehend it, but um, but they won't be able to deny Mm. Well, because I, I guess I, he's like kind of got, he's making a point and you kind of, when you- Even the cops, yeah. like- are able to go against their morality and their like job and be and be a, a sinner at the end of the day. Well, the quote that you just said, like his quote, <clears throat> encapsulates Mark's reaction going, mm, You got a point, but you're still fucked. Like, mm. that's basically yeah. the reaction you have to him. Yeah. Yeah. He said they won't be able to deny. Doesn't that mean that, that means the mm, you society got will side with John Doe? Like, they'll go, Look, those are all sins, but you still can't. You still can't do that. You can't take retribution yeah. into your own hands. Mm. Like it is a sin. Like you've done, you have committed that, but still, yeah. still fucked. <laughs> oh, oh, he's saying that. He's saying that the sinner won't be able to comprehend why John Doe's doing it to the, this to him, but they won't be able to deny yeah. what they've done. Yeah, That's yeah. Okay. And he's saying the whole world, and the whole sinners. world will have that point too. And everyone's got at least one of those mm. sins, probably. Right. Should we go to mass after this and come back? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, it. I need to go to church, man. <laughs> 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Cinemates. Make sure to follow us and leave a review on your chosen streaming platforms. Also, check out our Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube channel for more Cinemates content. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge Australia's First Nations people as the traditional owners and custodians of the land and pay respect to the Camaragal people of the Eora Nation upon whose country Cinemates is based. We honour the storytelling and culture of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities across Australia. Also, in the spirit of chatting with mates, remember it's always important to check in with those around you. Whether it's friends, family or colleagues, sometimes they may be going through a hard time and chatting with them may reassure them that they aren't alone. If you or anyone you know is ever struggling, call Lifeline on 13 11 14.